from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. <laughs> it's very odd, um, but if the internet issue is on my end, a reboot is pretty much the only thing I can do, but I, I also wasn't showing any issues. But we'll just uh, do a quick start over and see where we get. Okay. So, welcome back to another episode of Life Eleventh Podcast. Uh, my name is Bryn. I'm Angie. And this will be a shorter episode because we've already <laughs> spent a whole bunch of time chatting about our topic this week. And then we had internet issues and ended up wiping out our entire recording. And uh, time constraint wise, I don't have a full another hour to chat. Nor can I say it all again. <laughs> so I do have to, I have to be somewhere in an hour. So and I need time to get there. So this will be a shorter episode. So Angie, this was our least musical thing that we've ever done so it's probably fitting anyway and i think we were rambling before and and we were talking a lot about how our internet was gone so let's let's just hit it and quit it (laughs) (laughs) what did you choose what did we do uh definitely you are right it was the least musical i don't i i don't know i pictured it more as a musical but it feels heavy with the music at the beginning and then kind of peters out but we watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, of course, the 1972 version, although, sorry, not 1972, 71, um, Charlie and the Glass Elevator was 72, and not the Johnny Depp one, although I did dive into it just for fun. Yeah, but um, I feel like it was kind of in line with what we were picking before, kind of our nostalgia musicals. I know Rob picked the producers, which was... I think nostalgic for him, and then Mary Poppins is nostalgic for the entire universe, and Moulin Rouge <laughs> is high school nostalgia 100% for moi. Yeah, I, I'm a big Roald Dahl fan. I love his kind of crude, kind of funny, kind of whimsical ways. Definitely. A little bit harsh, but a little bit hilarious, and very British. <laughs> so I loved Willy Wonka as a kid, and I was very surprised when I was reading today to find out that Roald Dahl uh, disowned this movie and hated it, which is a bummer. Although, as we mentioned previously, <laughs> that the audience won't know, it actually is in line with uh, Mary Poppins and, and this whole musical thing that we've done, because P.L. Travers, who wrote Mary Poppins, hated that movie. I, I imagine it is very, very difficult to make a piece of art, and then someone rework it for maybe a different audience or a different whatever i think that would be brutal and he didn't write it i mean obviously it was a novel it's not written as a musical and for them to rewrite it and add music i'm sure that would be like holy fuck hold on (laughs) yeah whoa (laughs) (laughs) you also have the vision of the characters right and all of a sudden now they're people they're human beings they're actors and they're putting their own spin on it it's i think there's got to be a lot of a lot of ownership lost to a story when it all of a sudden it becomes a movie. They probably aren't super disappointed in the paycheck that comes along with a successful movie. So, uh, you were, yeah, it'd be very difficult to all of a sudden have your book turned into a movie. I don't know. I, I suspect that's a big, that's a jarring thing. But if you sign away the rights, I guess you're probably doing it because you either want the audience increased or you want the paycheck. So, I don't know. I was 
I have read somewhere, I'm just trying to find the information, I read somewhere that actually Roald Dahl wasn't interested in having Gene Wilder do it. He wanted someone else to do it, which is really fascinating because as we were kind of mentioning earlier, holy shit, like Gene Wilder is so good at this character. He's so natural at being kind of weird, but chill weird, like just a relaxed, mm. natural weird, which when you see the Johnny Depp version is not how it gets pulled off at all in that version. Everything in that movie kind of is coming together. It's, you know, creepy Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter. You see Red Carter right away. Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Nailed it. You see right away, so you know where it's going. Like, the cast seems great, and then you get to the uh, Willy Wonka, Johnny Depp character, and I did, like... I know they purposely wanted to go and have a different approach and a different persona, but it totally loses me. So it made me appreciate Gene Wilder so much more in this movie after I watched like 10 minutes of Johnny Depp doing it and then calling it a day. Yeah, Gene Wilder's character seems to be like, I I think Johnny Depp's a great actor, but I think his, his Willy Wonka feels like a character. It's like... Tim Burton trying to make that cartoon character thing that he had going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gene Wilder seems to kind of disappear into the character where like he just feels like Willy Wonka, even though his hair is really distracting. Yeah, it is. Someone like wear his hair and makeup. Yeah. Time Out Film Guide called his performance great fun with Wilder for once giving an impeccably controlled performance as the factory's bizarre candy owner. I like that word controlled because... It's one of those characters where you could overact the shit of. Like, out of, you could Jim Carrey it and just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he he is very controlled at kind of making that character come across as kind of weird. And just that's how it is. <laughs> so I do love the word controlled in there. That That's a really good review. I, I've seen a few other Gene Wilder movies. I'm sure we we all have. Although I haven't seen the Gene Wilder producers. He's a very... I mean, he's a comedian, right? He's a phys- very yeah. physical, over-the-top comedian. And here, the funniest moments of the whole thing are when he's talking to Mike TV and he's like, open your mouth a little wider when you talk. <laughs> Sorry, can you speak up a little bit, please? And I was just like, oh my goodness. Especially um, having most recently watched this at a like a cub camp or a scout camp you just feel like that when you're dealing with a lot of kids that you don't know like they're not yours and you don't really have a a super good relationship with them and all of a sudden it's just like some some children are just very very loud and jarring (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's just it's very much like you know you know sorry could you speak up a little bit please i'm just like i know how tv works (laughs) (laughs) totally and how fun is it for like half of this movie to be based on like making fun of how terrible children can be (laughs) (laughs) in a very lighthearted way and then they're all just like you know i don't know (laughs) he says at the end that they're all fine but there's there i think charlie's maybe the only one leaving that factory without massive ptsd yeah, no kidding. Some it's and it's funny because like I said I really enjoyed it as a kid and I appreciate it as like a fun little romp with music and you know the whole contest thing is very exciting. But man, you watch it as an adult and it feels like there's many scenes of like dark Dr. Seuss, like a mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss horror movie comes out where you're like this is 
creepy. And the whole time the kid was like stuck in the chocolate tube, I'm like, he's going to suffocate and die, everyone. Like it's, it's actually a little more terrifying than I remember. And when I was mentioning to my work wives today that we were, I was, um, we were doing Willy Wonka. They both were like, that movie was is terrifying and I don't like it. I'm like, fascinating. I'm like, I totally liked it as a kid. And you know, Maybe they didn't have the same connection to World Doll, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting, interesting whatever. But and as we talked about off offline, let's just say mm-hmm. offline, <laughs> they're doing a prequel to it, which I'm not. I don't think I I need. I don't know if that's apparently somebody named Timothy Chalamet who is well known is going to be Willy Wonka. A young Willy Wonka and his ventures prior to opening the world's most famous chocolate factory. Interesting choice. I don't I don't know if I'm going to be excited about that. I don't know if I will be either. I'm just trying to look and see what other stuff he's done. He was an interstellar. A bunch of stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen him in anything. The, mo- the most recent thing he's been in that I guess we'll be able to go see him in is Dune. Sure, yeah. Um, got some TV... I, I don't know. He, he's not somebody that I recognize or he means nothing to me. I wish him all the best, but he means nothing. <laughs> I kind of see him in memes all the time and like on people's Instagram, but I don't know who he is. <laughs> but since this is a music podcast, let's dive into a little bit about this music. I know there's not a lot of music in it, but the music that is in it is pretty fucking good. Very memorable. Up to the Oompa Loompa song. And then pretty well nothing after that. Yes. Um, Candyman's song is great. It's a classic. Uh, Very strong, I guess, lead in that movie. Cheer Up Charlie. Unnecessary. That could have been cut. That fucking sucked. Yep. (laughs) Golden Ticket. I think it's great. I think it's super fun. If that's a song. Run, Peter, run all the way home. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'll go and one of my personal earworms and I'll go over my earworm list really quickly is the Pure Imagination song because in the shower today and I had not watched it yet. And this is, I get random earworms all the time, song bits that get stuck in my head and definitely the come with me and you'll see whatever the words are that part gets uh stuck in my head (laughs) i will make up words any song that gets stuck in my head all the time and i feel like we've knocked off quite a few musicals with those earworms because the tiger lily peter pan song to this day gets stuck in my head uh the other one is from mary poppins the our daughters, daughters will adore us, <laughs> and they'll sing in grateful, sing in chorus. grateful chorus. Yeah, I get that. No, second no. Yes, sister suffragette. Yep. Sorry. No, a hundred percent. Can't burst into song and, and then cut it off before I can join in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. They just are these little clips that stick with you forever, and I imagine for the producers, it's like the "We Can Do It" song. Yes. But some solid songs for those few songs. And then, yes, you get into kind of Oompa Loompa territory. But even those are like, they're, it's like teaching moments for the society <laughs> about yeah. kind of what is considered, I have no words, hit me with some words. 
hit me with some words. Oompa Loompa songs are about moderation. Sure. Yeah. It's all about, you know, eat, eating, chewing gum is fun every once in a while. Like, and kind of being polite and like toning, I don't know, like gluttony. Yes, you're right. Moderation. But, and yeah. it's fun. It's fun to kind of make those songs sung by Oompa Loompas, uh, kind of teaching, you know, secretly teaching children that, you know, it's not okay yeah. to be gross or whatever, <laughs> which is, which is really funny, but yeah, not a not a ton of music, I guess. But I that music that is in there is pretty strong, and it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Music. I don't think it won, but I believe it. I mean, this the first the the beginning songs are so strong. I mean, the Wonder is a boat ride. I mean, that acid trip freak out. Acid I'll never. Trip. I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that moment in this movie, but I. There's, I couldn't possibly tell you one line of that song, or even what the tune is. It's just, nope, I didn't even know they sang in it. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, everlasting gobstoppers, meh. Bubble machine. I think those are more like just background. Like it's just, it's not. They're not. It's not songs. It's soundtrack. Totally. And when I put on the soundtrack in my car and I was stuck in traffic listening to them like burp in a bubble funnel like it doesn't work as a soundtrack it's not something that you can listen to independently not like you know moulin rouge which you can just fucking bang those tunes out any day of the week all the time it is very very specific to what's going on in the movie and like not you could not just throw the soundtrack on final and be like this is a great time it's not it doesn't really flow like that yeah i i completely agree it's one of the things we talked about, I think, in Mary Poppins. Does the music translate outside of the framework of the movie? Like, if you're not watching the movie, does it make sense? This really doesn't. You know, pure imagination and stuff, I I think they do. Like, some of the... they Like, those do. A couple yeah. of them do. Yep. Some of the big the hits, the legendary ones, sure, but nah. I like, agree. somebody just saying, like, cheer up Charlie, you'd be like, what? Oh, Why? fuck. I had zero recollection of that song. When she started singing, I was like, what? Is this like an extended version? Because I have never heard this in my life. Um, Everybody just skips it. (laughs) But fun musical reference, Farouk Assault. Am I right? Fucking great band name and a great (laughs) band. (laughs) I know. When I I was reminded of that, I was like, oh, when are we going to do Veruca Assault on the podcast? I know, because (laughs) I feel like I only know a few of their songs and I just play them repeatedly. So I think it would be super fun. We should do a, a theme where it's like musicians we love that we only know three songs of or two songs of and really dig, really dig in we have veruca salt and the breeders and oh there's a lot there's a lot of bands where i'm like i love that band those three two to three songs those two to three songs yes yeah <laughs> yeah which is i guess in a, in a in a really roundabout way or another way of putting it is kind of why we started the podcast <laughs> is to actually explore those artists <laughs> Totally. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to the music thing. I mean, this has been tons of fun, but man, we've gone a long way. Also, I didn't know that um, Gene Wilder was married to Gilda Radner, and I think that's very sweet. Uh, It is. Just throw that in. I've seen some interviews of him where he talks about her, and you can tell that, like, they really were very happy together. Sweet. 
and they kind of adopted Steve Martin. It's you want to cry, just watch Gene Wilder talk about that. Like, mm. <laughs> so. Well, I'm definitely. I'll watch Steve Martin talk about it. Definitely need to get into some more Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks because of Rob and this. <laughs> definitely. Oh yeah, the wondrous boat ride. Like, there's no earthly way of knowing. Da 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 da. -da. Oh, what is that? The wondrous boat ride. Okay. <laughs> I just I put it on to trying to remind myself. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's there's no wonder way of knowing. Da da da. And then it just turns into. I'm trying to put it on. And then it just turns into like spoken word, where he's like, "The fires of hell are going to surround you. Everyone's awful. We're gonna die." <laughs> children's musical. Children's musical. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody asked me, they're like, "I've never seen Willy Wonka. Can you tell me about it?" And and the most accurate way I could think to describe it was a horror movie, very, very well dressed up as a children's musical. Yeah. And also just super kind of like, there are parts that are super fun, you know, going to that whole chocolate wonderland, like what a crazy thing to put into film. I think that would be a party. There's the cool moments in that where like, yeah, there's cool moments in that where like the filmmakers didn't let any of the parents and kids see what the chocolate factory looked like. So when they walked out into that room and saw it for the first time, that's their genuine reaction. Like, there's little moments like that that I think make this movie special. Like, Gene Wilder doing that, like, rickety walk up to the to yes. the, uh, to the gate. And then his cane gets stuck. And then he almost falls over and flips. Mm -hmm. And then, like, from there, you have, like, it basically all bets are off. Like, everything could be fake at that point. Like, just those little subtle things that they did in this movie to kind of, like, really create the atmosphere. And then draw you in. That you're going on this adventure with these people. Yeah, there's a bit of magic. So just get ready for it. Yeah. It is super fun and weird. Yeah, what else did we talk about that got deleted? I feel like we talked about a lot more. <laughs> we did, because we had already we talked for 10 more minutes than we have now, and I feel like we're running out of steam. That's okay. I think we talked about the movie a lot. Um, we talked to, like about the, like, the actual movie a lot. We talked about Roald Dahl a little bit more. Oh, you know what we talked about is I was singing the lyrics to Pure Imagination from the Family Guy version because I'm sad. Yes. Because yeah, we, I'm very sad. <laughs> we did talk about how most of our cultural references for this movie are between Family Guy and The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, I was singing the pure inebriation version of Pure Imagination, <laughs> which makes sense more to me in my old age. And I know the Garbage Man version from The Simpsons of Candyman a lot better than I know the Candyman. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's super funny. <laughs> but like how much, how iconic is this if it's referenced in every, you know. In order to be parodied, it first must be famous enough for, to be under, for that to be understood, right? Absolutely. Like it's certainly, it's certainly memorable. We also talked, I think, a little bit more about the remake because you'd put some time into that, and we talked about how the difference of the Willy Wonka character is really like bizarrely contrasting. Yeah, I think I mentioned it again. Tim Burton's Willy Wonka is given this whole like weird, yeah, this whole um, weird backstory of being the son of a dentist. Oh yes, the backstory, and it's also it's funny because. See, I'm listening to the soundtrack, and now it's going to that weird, terrible, everlasting gobstopper thing again. You cannot listen to this. 
as mm-hmm. just music. It turns into fucking noise. It sounds like Skrillex or something. Giving the backstory, which is so funny because it's like, why are you making this movie longer? It's good. If you want to do something longer, what you what? what's the point of adding backstory? So yeah, the Johnny Depp version, the Tim Burton version, they add a backstory about, and like I said, I don't remember the book very well, but I highly doubt it needed to be in there anyways. There was the backstory of, of Willy Wonka and the backstory of the Oompa Loompas, and it's... I, I didn't think it added anything. It certainly made the movie longer. But, um, yeah, it's just bizarre choices in that movie, I guess. Very odd. And like we've said, I like, love Johnny Depp. I like Tim Burton. It just was, I don't know. Sometimes you don't fuck with it. It's the same reason I won't watch the Mary Poppins for redo, whatever. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure I think it's Emily Blunt is great. I have no interest. It's not to the same level of when I heard it, they were redoing Sound of Music and Carrie Underwood was going to be Maria. I fucking nearly burned down my house. (laughs) That's not okay. That's not okay at all. It's not that level of fury. It just, they just decided to do something totally different. And if you kind of are in love with one thing, it's hard to, it's hard to understand where they went artistically. It's hard to remake something that's so a part of our culture now and features Pete and then stars, actors that are now legends. These aren't like random bizarro remakes. Like this, these are some of the most well-known movies that have ever been made. Yeah. And they're gonna and like I don't know. It's like, do you think like could you do better than that? Do you think people are gonna enjoy this more? How could you like I don't know. I think if you're gonna remake something, you have to try and top it. You don't try and meet it, and it's impossible to top. So you have to go for gold. And if you're saying Carrie Underwood is the same as Julie Andrews, you ha- I'm not even going any further with the conversation. Like it's just. It's almost to the same level of Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin, and I know this is going to be controversial, but I don't think she's great. And I was really not happy to hear that she was she's in the new Aretha Franklin movie. I don't think she's got the acting chops for that at all. I'm getting way sidetracked. I, I, I agree. I'm not a Jennifer Hudson fan. I didn't care for her in that other movie she did. Yeah, I've seen her in a TV show, and and she was in the Sex and the City movie very early on. I just, I mean, I'm gonna try and watch it, but it, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, most famous movies and most people, famous people of all time, you gotta, you gotta nail the casting, my friends. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta have a vision that's like, I love this so much. How can we make this better? I guess I don't know. Well, what do I know? I don't fucking make movies. Yeah. Yep, I don't. Anyways, I think it was fun to watch it. It's, I think it's always fun to kind of bring back those. It makes me want to read all the Roald Dahl books again, which I think would probably <laughs> not be as interesting as they were when I was a kid. But I watched a bit of Matilda recently. I can't remember why I was watching that, but just solid gold stuff. But it was really fun to rewatch it and kind of see it again through those adult eyes where you're like, this is actually terrifying. I'm actually yeah. not breathing because I think the child is, I think Augustus is suffocating in the tube. And I'm a little, I have some anxiety about it, you know, which is hilarious. <laughs> I was, uh, when I was watching that, that part, other than yes, being like, there's no way a child could hold their breath that long and not drown. 
Mm-hmm. Like if he came out of the tube back into the air, like he'd be unconscious. But it was funny because when I when Renee and I first started dating, she always used to say to me, uh, "Augusta, save some room for later." Whenever I try and get saucy with her. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, when I mentioned to her that we were going to watch this, she turned to me and went, "Rackman enough." Oh boy. <laughs> She's like, that's my favorite part when he plays the little keyboard song to open the door and the mom looks at everyone and very smugly says, Rackman and F. <laughs> Amazing. I also was really stressed out by the, the same scene because they were going into a factory and they weren't wearing any PPE. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you're damn right your chocolate is contaminated. Everything's contaminated. Okay, you have yeah. no personal protection going into a factory, a food factory. It, everything's contaminated. Burn it yeah. down. Start again. <laughs> yeah, our our chocolate is the only chocolate mixed by waterfall. It's like, your waterfall has got, like, rocks and stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Nobody is wearing a hairnet in this whole fucking yeah. factory. Yeah, and again, if Gene Wilder's hair is any indication, he should be wearing a hairnet. <laughs> yeah. His hair is going to be in every gobstopper, for sure. 100%. Super funny. Uh, that's that's reminded me of the way my hair used to be when I had hair. It was sort of frizzy that way, very out of control. Oh, nice. I miss having hair, but I don't miss it being that way. Oh, my hair is so long and gross right now. It's just, I don't think I've had a haircut in like two years. Hmm. You're oh, also uh, in a position where your hair is probably growing a lot faster than normal. Yeah, all the hair on my body. It's really nice. It's really pretty. Mm. It's really oh. pretty. I have to shave my legs every two days. Anyways, um, for no reason. <laughs> okay, I think... I just have to. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> look away. <laughs> Do you have I any... This... Oh, go. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the... The set of this, I couldn't figure out where this movie was supposed to be set because I feel like it's probably supposed to be in England, England somewhere. But it's Germany. But they're, all, but they're all American, and then when they look out at the elevator, it's a town in Germany. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's Nowheresville. <laughs> I also thought it was supposed to be England, and then I was like, I don't think that's right. And then you're right. When they pull out, I was like, what kind of English countryside is this German Hamlet? <laughs> it's called uh, Nordeglin. Nord, sure. Nord, Nord Lincoln, Nord Lincoln. N O umlaut. <laughs> R or R D L I N G E N. Ooh, there's a listen. Nord Lincoln, according to Wikipedia. Amazing. So that's the town that this probably. Well, I mean, if Roald Dahl was was English, it's probably supposed to be an English town. But anyway, that's I wonder. As I, I also enjoy the fact that like the video quality changes so dramatically when they do that. It's like, was this just file footage that they had? Oh, when they come out in the elevator and it's dangling yeah. on a string over a poster board. <laughs> yeah, but when they look out the window and they're like, look, it's and when you see the town, they're like, there's my school and stuff. And it's like, was. This just feels like it's like public access footage that they're just like good enough. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna hire a plane to go fly over something. Yeah, they're like National Geographic, send us a German village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny. Uh, you're gonna ask if I had any final thoughts, I think. We? Oui? 
if you're if you're after Willy Wonka for the music, you probably could stop it about halfway through. Um, <laughs> it's a great it's a it's a great movie. It's a it's not I was I would argue it's not really a musical. I I don't know. It's There's a lot of songs in it, but but yeah, I think it's it's right on the on the limit of you know is the Little Mermaid a musical? I guess technically, but that's not really how we think of it. I don't really think of this movie as a musical, but uh, the songs that are in it really hold up. Oh, I've never thought about that, but Little Mermaid definitely has some a lot of songs. Yeah, all those like cartoony Disney movies are like filled They're with music. All musicals, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't think of them that way. Oh, I love the Little Mermaid. Yes, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> well, this was just a whim. This was, I mean, when we were going to do musicals, I wanted to do Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is one of my favorite movies in the world, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Of course, it wouldn't have been fun because Yumi and Rob all love it, so it would have just been a gush fest of who gives a shit. Um, <laughs> and then... That's said, go watch Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's great. Yeah, 100%. Listen to the soundtrack. Great. Soundtrack Our you can listen help. to independently uh, anytime. 100%. We should do the soundtrack sometime. Just We should just do it at some point. Just yeah, I agree. For sure. We And we can do Rocky Horror at um, Halloween or whatever. Sure. A, a la Mayfair by town. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was just walking by a magazine and saw that it was their a big anniversary. I think it's 50 years, would make sense. A 50-year anniversary of this, and I couldn't believe it's 50 years old because I always think these things happened in my childhood, and I'm not quite 50. <laughs> No. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't believe it was a big anniversary and I thought it would be fun to add it to the list. But yes, not quite a musical. Gene Wilder's magnificent. Roald Dahl is wonderful. I'm sorry he hated it. Yeah, and it's a fun, wild thing that isn't really like anything else. And it is a little bit funnier to watch as an adult for sure because it is a little fucking scary. <laughs> it's watching a... A man that is like psychopathic has no emotional reaction to anything that's happening around him. Systematically, argu- uh, arguably murder a pile of kids, <laughs> and 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 when you get to the end and and they get to the TV room, there's only enough coats for the people that are left. So was this his plan all along? There's we're on a movie po- podcast. There's a lot to dive into with this movie yeah. that has nothing to do with the music, and I'm sure a lot of podcasts have. I haven't heard one. I'd be interested in hearing one. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's, it's a great weird thing, though. for sure. Well, thanks yeah. for watching it. I know you've got something picked out for next week, and then after next week, I think we're taking a break from musicals and getting back to some fucking music. Some back to some music. Yeah, we've come up, we've crossed a year on the podcast now. We've had a few co-hosts uh, come and go hopefully not forever but here we are you and i sticking it out to the bitter end continuing to go but from the from day one i've said for our anniversary we should do the labyrinth since we're called life to labyrinth so let's just watch the labyrinth we'll talk about it we haven't talked about david bowie at all which i think would be kind of fun and i think the labyrinth has a lot of really bizarre little songs in it and it'd be fun and we just and and when at the time of us recording this the met gala just happened and everybody in the met gala looks like they were dressed up to go to into the movie the labyrinth so (laughs) (laughs) i hope that's what their inspiration was i i hope it was they're they're all dressed as the trash lady from from the labyrinth so i think we should do it just for fun again it might be a shorter episode like this one but uh, let's do it for fun and then we'll get back to some albums we've had a nice little break only had to like watch a movie 
not quite the time investment. So we've had a little break from the time investment of like the preparing for these things, of listening to all the music, and we'll do that, and we'll get and kind of get back to regularly scheduled programming of you know every '90s band that you never had any interest of revisiting. Hmm. <laughs> it feels like a warm blanket to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Okay. Um, so we'll do that, and then yeah, back to the action. Awesome. Thanks, Ange. Thanks for sticking this out. And, uh, and I hope you enjoyed our short little episode. Sorry it's not full length, but we had internet problems and we're not actors, so we can't just remake the magic. So yeah, fuck I it. hope this is fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening and we'll, uh, we'll be back. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number 2 Labyrinth. <laughs>